Welcome to this late hour. A look at the world through the lens of scripture. I'm your host, Casey Knowlton. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. I'm sure many of you are ready to move on, or perhaps have already moved on from the holidays. But before we say goodbye to Christmas and to this second season of this late hour, I wanted us to linger in the holiday for just a while longer. I don't know about anyone else, but for my household, it seemed like Christmas came and went really fast this year. Our family had celebrated Thanksgiving a little late due to illness, and we're still putting away boxes from decorating on Christmas Eve. Uh, Just the other day, in fact, I put on some Christmas music just because I needed some more time to just soak up the glory of the Incarnation. Thinking about the fact that God became a man, and just how incredible that is to to just really dwell on that, to think on that. And, you know, we think about the fact His coming was promised by the prophets, and He was true to the word proclaimed. For me, it's such a reassuring thought, and knowing that He came just as He said He would, It makes me long that much more for his promised return. Today is actually the Feast of Epiphany, which is the twelfth day of Christmas. Yes, there is some meaning behind that annoying Christmas jingle. Now, some of my Protestant listeners may be curious as to what Epiphany even is and why we're feasting this day. This uh, religious observance is most common within the Orthodox or Catholic traditions of the faith and is in celebration of the arrival of the wise men or magi, the mysterious figures found in the Gospel of Matthew who follow a star to Bethlehem to worship the newly born king of the Jews. Tradition says that these wise men may have been kings. Most nativity scenes showing three men on camels wearing crowns who show up to worship the baby Jesus. Now we don't know if they were kings or if in fact there were three of them. It has been believed that there were three magi due to there being three gifts given to the Holy Family. Tradition has also put these men at the scene of the manger, after the birth of Christ. However, when reading in chapter 2 of Matthew, we see, in fact, that it is the shepherds that come to behold Jesus at the stable or the manger. The wise men don't actually come until some time later. Their arrival causes a major disruption in Jerusalem, leading to a very significant event. You may remember that I highlighted a bit of the wise men's story last season. For me, they offer a great example of what it looks like to know with confidence the times they were living in to the point that they set out from the east, possibly from the area of Babylon, traveling for weeks, if not longer, to reach their destination with the faith that they would find what the star was proclaiming, that the Savior had been born. Now, while Mandy and I don't make a big to-do about Epiphany, we do acknowledge it. We love the story of the wise men, and it is good to separate them from the manger scene because that is what we read in the scriptures. Our family doesn't typically have an actual feast on this day, though I'm not opposed to feasting. But we do have the wise men travel all throughout the house during the holiday, reaching baby Jesus on Epiphany. Sometimes we'll have an additional gift or a special treat. But overall, it's just a way of really highlighting the importance of the story of the wise men, which is something I'd like to do more today for our very last episode of this season. What I'd like to do is read to you a blog post I wrote during the Christmas season of 2021 entitled, Dueling Kingdoms. As we 
see evil continue to increase upon the earth, it's vital, I think, perhaps more than any other time in the history of the church, to hold on to and remember that nothing man does can stop what God has promised. Just as he was faithful to come almost 2,000 years ago, he is coming again, and very soon. Which is a very hopeful thought as we enter into another year, one I suspect will only increase in immorality, hardship, and persecution. So let us now enter into the story of the wise men and ponder the work of these two dueling kingdoms. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. Matthew 2:14. If you're anything like me, you've been troubled by much of what has been happening around the world. It seems that any time I read the news, it is about something terrible that is going on. One of the things that has concerned me is the increasing godlessness coming from governments and institutions all over the world. Whatever your opinion on COVID-19, it is undeniable that many of the policies surrounding it, since the first lockdowns began, have been extreme. It's a trend that has continued with a push for vaccine mandates, among other measures. For example, Australia's government has even been forcing people into quarantine camps, where three were recently arrested for escaping. It is in man's fallen nature to push for power and control over others a pattern seen throughout history. When we look at the Christmas story found in the Bible, we can see this pattern at work in the life and reign of King Herod the Great. While Herod did prompt many great architectural achievements during his reign over Judea, including the restoration and expansion of the second Jewish temple, he was far from great. He divorced his first wife, murdered his second along with her family, disinherited and then killed his firstborn son, and failed an attempt at suicide. What he is best known for in the scriptures, however, is found in Matthew 2, 16-18, where he ordered the genocide of every firstborn male two years old or younger in Bethlehem and the surrounding area. It all began when Magi came to Jerusalem looking for the king of the Jews, since they had seen his star in the east. They followed it until reaching Herod's palace, where they inquired further. 
However, the birth was news to Herod, who had no understanding of what was happening astrologically. Matthew 2.3 tells us that when he heard what the Magi said, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Clearly, word spread fast of these strange wise men and their claims to the point that it left both Herod and Jerusalem troubled. I think given Herod's later actions that he had different reasons for being troubled than the rest of Jerusalem. He tried to convince the Magi to return with the exact location of Jesus so that I too may come and worship him, as is stated in verse 8. The Magi set off following the star to the very home of Mary and Joseph, where, upon entering, they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then they presented Jesus with three distinct gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts were not just random offerings, but held much symbolism. It is believed that the gold represented Christ's royalty, the frankincense his divinity, and the myrrh his humanity. It also foreshadowed his future death, as myrrh was typically used for embalming. It would be the oil used on his crucified body after his death, as seen in John 19.39. It's also important to note that these were costly gifts and would have met the immediate needs of the family. For after the Magi gave their gifts, they were then warned in a dream not to return to Herod, who at some point realized he'd been tricked and ordered the genocide. But despite the evil actions and intentions of King Herod, whose jealousy over the throne of Judea led him to order the slaughter of innocent children, it did not hinder God's plan. Here, a group of magi from a distant land, who had been watching the stars intently throughout all their lifetimes, discerned the sign of Christ's coming and then traveled likely for months to find him. It was they who brought exactly what Mary and Joseph needed at the exact right moment. Matthew 2, 13-14 states, Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. These costly gifts would have financed their travels, supplies, and eventual shelter. A humble family such as theirs could not have afforded such an endeavor had the Lord not provided for their journey. It is a remarkable picture of God's provision and of Mary and Joseph's obedience. Can you imagine being awoken by such a divine encounter only to have to drop everything and run for your life? Yes, following the Lord is often inconvenient and full of challenges, but he will provide what is needed for he is faithful. What I find most remarkable of all from this part of the Christmas story is that Herod, the murderous and petty ruler of Judea, thought he could stop what God had foretold in the stars. And what a tragic picture of fallen man that this great king, who had already tried to end his own life through suicide, would still order the genocide of babes and infants because he felt his throne was threatened. He placed no value on human life, not even his own, only on his thirst for power and control. And what irony that he was trying to murder his very creator, who took on human flesh, so that he might bring life to all who would receive him through his future death upon a cross, followed by his resurrection three days later. 
As we see increasing evil within once-trusted governments and institutions both here and abroad, let us remember that no kingdom of man can stop the coming kingdom of God, one that will see its fulfillment upon Christ's soon return to this earth. I hope you all enjoyed that blog post titled Dueling Kingdoms. It was something I put together for my church, and I was reminded of it as we were approaching Epiphany this year. But now comes the time we part ways for a few months as Season 2 of This Late Hour ends. It has been such a privilege and an honor putting together these episodes. As the challenges of our times increase, Remember, dear ones, to keep your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith, and to cherish in your heart the work of salvation that he won for you on the cross. Rejoice in the glory of his resurrection and ascension, and hold fast to the treasure of his soon return. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please give the show a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have questions or comments, please send me an email at thislatehourpodcast at gmail.com or visit our Twitter at Casey Knowlton or the Facebook page, This Late Hour. Thank you so much for joining me for the 17th and final episode of Season 2 of This Late Hour. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth dismay among nations, in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near.